Welcome to Gym Junkies. This is part two of my conversation with Roy. In this section, we discuss the causes for obesity and disease and how that's related to your body fat levels. We also talk about corruption in the food industry and deceiving marketing and how to combat that. We also discuss freedom of speech and how it's important so that way you have all the information you need about these different things going on in the food industry to make a good decision. And lastly, we go into our specific nutrition fitness goals, what body fat percentages we're trying to get down to, what strength levels, what body parts we're trying to build and not build, and how that relates to our functionality in our daily lives. Hope you enjoy. Well said, well said. I I couldn't agree more with your sentiment. I would definitely say you mentioned the adage that any healthy, any body weight is a healthy body weight. And I like, that's wrong. You know, that we, we have da- data that if you're not within a certain range of body fat, then your likelihood for all, all the chronic diseases that obesity comes, you know, leads to mm-hmm. way higher. Mm-hmm. And there's also a curve too. If you get too low of a body fat, that can also, you can be on the same end where a lot of, a lot of injuries, a lot of potential for disease you need a certain level of body fat to function well but there is a point where it will affect you negatively in many mm-hmm. ways and that's why heart disease is the number one killer in america every single year yeah and heart disease doesn't come from heart disease heart disease is typically because of obesity typically it, it, because of arteries mm-hmm. that get clogged over time because of the the level of, of fat in your body and what it's doing to your cholesterol levels mm-hmm. and how you know, I've talked about this on previous pods about your cholesterol and how if you have a really, really bad cholesterol of a certain type, then your arteries will get clogged so much faster. You won't have the the ability to, to clean out your arteries with good cholesterol. And that stems from obesity. That stems from eating habits that lead to obesity. And that's why heart disease is the number one killer. That's why cancer is also very high up, usually is number two killer in America. And again, a lot of cancer over time is due to poor diet, is due to... Of course, there's always exceptions. Some people who are perfectly healthy get cancer, so it's, there's mm-hmm. still variability to it. But for the most part, if you're very obese, your likelihood for some form of cancer at some point is, is way higher just because the amount of inflammation that's occurring in your body on a daily basis mm. is so much higher than someone at a lower body fat. So yeah. it's definitely crucial for your health to get yourself. You, you might be a bigger person in general, mm-hmm. and that's okay. We're all proportioned very differently, but we can all control and get to a healthy level of body fat that you're okay with, you know, and that's within a healthy range. I'd say anywhere between like 16 and 24% Yeah, is a totally fine, healthy range. You want to go any lower, you're probably a very, you know, an athlete, an extreme athlete. Mm-hmm. But if you're just an average doe between 16 and 24%, I think that's that's a great range. But obviously, get as low mm-hmm. as you can, depending on you know how much that's going to affect your your lifestyle. Yeah, you know, you mentioned you know heart disease or heart problems, heart complications, and even tobacco. You remember the documentary Supersize Me? I do. And you know, one of the things that strikes me about that is that um, I think people are uh, programmed that uh, you know if we eat this food and eat it too much, obviously it's going to be bad. Uh, And one of the things that I've been learning a lot over time is that in many ways, yes, I think we ought to pay attention 
as to what we eat because how will that affect us not just in the short term because when you look at that documentary it was a very short term documentary but it was looking at the lives of people who were abusing their bodies uh, to obesity and you know there was another um, 60 there's like the 60s uh, 60 minutes uh, documentary where this uh, this really huge woman I think the body fat percentage was like 137 percent and like her legs were filled with fat like every part of her body that there would no be no absence of fat and you just see that all these people whether it's obese people or people who are on steroids what is the common core of all these issues is a lot of misinformation Mm. and i think what people keep forgetting is that just because you're eating clean it does not mean you're going to lose weight because you can be at a strong calorie deficit and maybe after a week or two what happens is that then you get so depleted on energy and then you just go on this um rampage for wanting to eat all this unhealthy food and you know i think that was the other thing that attracted me to want to be consistent uh with who you know, I looked up to at the time that I started my fitness journey is Greg O'Gallagher because it's all about eating, eating wholesome, but eating the foods that you like so that you can be consistent. It's because you can't just have like a hundred recipes and then just completely think about, okay, what am I going to have tomorrow? What am I going to have, you know, in the next few days? It's a just, it's taking a few foods that you like and just keep going with it and going back to that you know documentary was supersized me and then kind of shaping that into what we are facing today is that people back then maybe over 10 years ago when that uh documentary that documentary came out mcdonald's actually took down their supersized options and even the other restaurants their competition took their similar choices of combos you know the huge fries and the like 42 ounce drinks and they took that out but now we're kind of going back to this society again where we're not concerned for the general public for health it's more like we can do whatever we want and it's caused a lot of health problems and what you mentioned is you know high blood pressure and all of these horrible diseases that happen to people people even get cancers for eating too much and i think one of the things that really got into my mind is that not only did i not want to be like that but i wanted to set an example because you know there's so many people who think that oh just be a just be you be yourself or feel comfortable in your own skin but I just wonder what kind of message does that send if we're not focusing on thinking for ourselves and not letting other people dictate on how we should live. Hmm. Well said. Yeah, I would say based on my study of nutrition, which I've been studying here for the past six years pretty intently, I would say the, the biggest reason for the kind of increase of obesity in our country and then all those chronic illnesses that are now really affecting us with what's going on with these viruses and how many people are dying, you know, because they have these other conditions, usually that's have stemmed from obesity. 
And I think the biggest culprit is we we are slowly have been moving away from sort of the natural order of things. We're slowly, mm. you know, you look at the you look at farming practices and you look at how far we are from the natural farming where, you know, all these pesticides, all these chemicals we're spraying over to mass produce. Mm. We're getting away from farming techniques. Back back in the day they used to change the crop mm. to not deplete the soil of all its nutrients. So, you know, a new crop comes in, maybe that crop uses, you know, this nutrient versus that. And so we rotate crops and we're not doing that anymore. Now entire lands are used, being used for one crop over and over and over until it's there's completely devoid of nutrients they have to go somewhere else and do the same thing so we're getting from from our food our food used to be you know a lot of people used to do their own farming and you you got your food from the Mm -hmm. local farmer's market and you got your meat from the local butcher and everything was very you were very close to the source of your food yeah and i feel like we as a society have sort of gotten this point where we're so far away from the source, right? When you get your meat in the store, I mean, how far has that meat traveled from the actual farm? How processed has that meat become mm. since since the farm? What, how are those animals actually treated on the farm itself? Were yeah. they let out in the sun to eat uh, bugs and different things to add protein, or, or were they kept in cages? You know, were you know cows were they just pumped full of antibiotics? And things like that to keep them alive in these really unsedentary conditions, mm. you know. And you're so far from that, and I'm so far from even, you know, the apple I get is from, you know, some other state where they plucked it before it even had the chance to even develop its sweetness and develop more nutrient density to get it, so we would ripen on the way to mm-hmm. to here. And I just feel like, man, we're just we're so far from our source, our real source of food, and so. Food is just not as nutrient dense as it used to be. We're not getting the same mm-hmm. level of vitamins we used to, and we're not getting the same quality. You have to really spend a lot of money to get, you know, grass-fed beef or you know, right now I'm currently trying to find a place where I can get actually unpasteurized milk. Right. Because again, the whole, you know, pasteurization it kills any sort of healthy bacteria that is in milk that comes straight from the cow mm. is is killed. It's gone. Any mm. probiotic value, completely gone. It's really devoid of many nutrients other than calcium, and then they usually add vitamin D. But I'm on the. I'm trying to find myself to get. I want natural milk from the cow, mm. not pasteurized with the the healthy probiotics. I've I've developed a lactose intolerance recently, where I can't have really any. And I've and I've I've researched and found that some people can actually, if you just go back to the most natural form of some of these products, you can actually handle them and have Mm. them because that's what our bodies were meant for these natural close to the source products and we just keep getting farther and farther away from that we're seeing our overall nutrition deteriorate and then you add on top of that just the misinformation that has happened where you know in the 70s all these studies came out saying that saturated fats are so terrible They, they, they linked it to heart disease so everyone freaked out and you started seeing every product be fat free right yeah but the problem with problem with that is you're you're removing the fat which gave it flavor Mm. you're removing the fat which is a very satiating macro and you are now replacing it with more sugar with artificial sweeteners with all sorts of other junk processed you know things to now make up for the loss of flavor and the loss of of nutrient value and satiation and so now i'm eating this fat-free yogurt but it's way, way unhealthier than if I had just gotten the full fat yogurt that maybe was a little bit more, you know, had a few more calories yeah. in it. But over time, I'm way more satiated. I'm, I'm getting way more nutrient value. It's way more close to the actual source. 
I'm not getting all this extra junk, preservatives, processed garbage. And we've seen a steady rise in obesity since those studies came out mm -hmm. because we, again, have re have removed ourselves farther from just a tr like a true yogurt. Right now, the yogurt you get in your fridge, look at the back, read the label. How, how much chemical processes has that yogurt gone through now? Yeah. Pasteurization, artificial flavors, added, you know, all sorts of, you know, food colorings, things like that. You're so far from just regular yogurt. Yeah. You know, and again, that's misinformation, and that's just sort of the nature of, you know, I guess maybe human laziness in a way where we don't want to spend the time and effort to get it naturally sourced, that we just kind of want what's more convenient, right. and then what's more convenient typically wins out, you know, in the end. But, you know, on a couple points, I think I need to provide that kind of a, uh, a points to what you're talking about is, uh, you know, marketing is a very very effective way of how we ought to live and what we want to avoid and you know i think one of the things that has constantly been a problem i think that when we watch too much television or when we uh you know same thing for social media there's all this marketing that it, you know there's a very very good marketers out there that even don't hold these big corporations, uh, whether it's food corporations, you know, you got big pharma and all these things. But you kind of understand that once these things are marketed, when you talk about fat free or, uh, you know, uh, that there's this, um, they, they, they do this for chickens like uh, free range. That That's the other one. Mm. Uh, and free range, you know, it's that kind of idea where the animals are able to go out there and live their life uh, until it, they're ready to be cut or whatever you want uh, whatever the farmers do and I think these days it's really really hard to find the local market because mm. there's you got to think about like the whole all the things that we buy co come from very few but very powerful companies uh, that lobby so much of how we are influenced to consume food, whether it's also uh, laundry detergent. Like there, there's all of these variants of products that we have attained to buy because there's supposed benefit that we would gain because this is so-called fat-free or free-range or vegan. You know, there's all these other health options. Yes, I think... In some ways, we ought to be more health conscious. I think in some ways we can say that this generation has never been so more involved with their own health. But I think that also serves, again, the curse that a lot of people have been programmed to think that if you eat these certain foods or if you uh, use these certain pre prebiotics and all that, that you're going to be healthier. And, you know, it links to three things that I know. One of the things is, you know, again, I think documentaries have been very, very helpful for me. Uh, one, uh, again, we talk about Super Size Me. There was actually a second movie, Super Size Me 2. I think it had something to do with chicken. And you see how Purdue and Tyson and the, all these big chicken companies have ripped the, the, human, the humanization of farmers they written they're they're financially ripping all of these people off 
and that there's all of these terms that uh, you know Morgan Spurlock, the guy who does the these documentaries, he exposes using this restaurant in this uh, one huge kind of like testing area where they kind of figure out uh, this is a great restaurant to expand. So he kind of created his own chicken place to really um, elevate or expose what the chicken industry or all these big companies are doing to rip off farmers. And it is very heartfelt because then you do, for some people who see this uh, eye to eye, they want to go back to just shopping at the local mar markets, farmers markets that you will see from time to time. Uh, and you know, it's another thing I think, uh, what you testified to was to this documentary called Foods Inc or Food Inc, which does talk a lot about these processes and how, uh, cows have not been pastured in the natural way. It's all been like steroids and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I think the second way for me is that, you know, I know a lot of, uh, th there's people in my life who who do make fun of me uh, eating a Chipotle, but, you know, I actually used to work there, and I kind of looked up about what their background was, and I think it was very, very eye-opening to me, is that a lot of these um, the, these foods that they were bringing in were not only all natural, but that there, there was something about Chipotle's approach to cultivating relationships with farmers, because I think in ways that we want to buy things. We want to buy it directly from who sells it. Yep. And I think, again, that accessibility has become so difficult that we go to these grocery shops, whether it be Costco or Safeway or Raley's, that's here in California, and we often think that, oh, all these labels that are plastered on all of these uh, boxes and cans, you know, there, there's, there's many different variations of it. And, you know, the third thing that I wanted to share, uh, was my intention of course is to watch what I eat. Um, but with that, you know, I think that is more important to me than just being able to lift heavy in the gym. And the fact is, I think it is, in some ways hard because I've actually suffered through um, time uh, suffered with my own physique in some way because sometimes I felt like I've had very bad digestive is issues where you know before I started my fitness journey um, you know I was probably somewhere around 220 pounds and because I built so much muscle over the last uh, few months you know right now I'm a little over 200 pounds and I plan to cut uh, once I really get to my goals but um, once you kind of understand that 75% or even more than that is based on how well you diet and now that you think about where am I getting my food from it really sets the precedent of how careful we ought to be with a lot of misinformation because I cannot tell you the amount of people that I guess I would say I disliked for uh, not only calling themselves natural but they're actually fake using steroids but 
there's this society today that is so hooked on, you know, trying to look better than someone else or trying to think that there's no problem uh, with what someone's doing with their body. And one of the things that I remember and what I will continue to remember as I'm going through this fitness journey, it says in the Bible that we are a temple of God and we have to honor those uh, our bodies because we were created by God to honor it and to glorify Him. And it's not, you know... We, when we think of worship or we think of prayer or reading our Bibles, you know, all of it has to somehow connect together that we are honoring what he is doing in us and the reason why we're here on this earth. And I think, you know, going back with all this nutritional stuff, when you, when you say you talk about the reversing of this natural order, isn't it crazy that few companies become so rich off of a lot of misinformation that they spread and that it hurts a lot of other businesses, small businesses. And then you see today that all of these big corporate uh, corporate stores, restaurants are able to have takeout, but then these small businesses aren't able to, uh, aren't able to open it. So it's like for what I at least see is that this society has become so dehumanized and that everyone cared about their status, their money, and it's all centered around pride and greed. And I think the thing with me that I want to carry on in my life, the reason why I'm so honest with me being consistent in my journey is it really comes down to one thing. I want to send an example that a healthy lifestyle is creates a lot of hard work. But even if there's going to be things that come up in my life that come up as obstacles, you know, I'm not going to let those things get in the way. And I'm going to do whatever I can to um, to serve and to love on other people and encourage them because, you know, when I look at uh, – morbidly morbidly obese people even at the gym like you know they're starting somewhere and yeah. you, you just gotta think that that you know i started somewhere and you know there's all these people who just want to market uh you know all of these things just to get more money and it just it does make me a little bit sick that we see people who want to spread misinformation for their own pocket yeah, it's uh, it's sad to see. I'm somebody who, you know, I do I've done all the research, especially on you know I'm I'm really sort of anti soda, not just because of the 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 health issues it creates, but just more of the companies themselves and how much they you know I I, I read you know papers from uh, Dr. Mokola being one of my one of my favorites. I would highly recommend uh, looking up, looking him. Up. I don't even know if you can find him on Google anymore because he's been quote unquote canceled from Google mm. for having an alternative views on things. But if you can find him, maybe DuckDuckGo, which is a, a new browser I've been using instead of Google. But he talks a lot about the corruption in the food industry and how you know you have soda companies who will you know have these studies done that clearly show the increase in obesity, the increase in in issues related to just the high sugar content. The for those of you who listen to my ingredients podcasts, you know high fructose corn syrup being a main ingredient in sodas, but they'll pay to have these studies hidden, or they'll mm. pay to have 
the doctors or people come out and say that it's totally healthy. Mm. You know, even though it's it's not. And you see it on TV. Every I get irritated every watch every time I watch a soda commercial because the marketing is is they'll always put skinny, attractive people drinking soda, and my my mind immediately says they don't drink soda. Yeah, those people who they put in the ads to drink soda who are skinny and attractive, I can almost bet none of them really drink soda. Or or it's rare. It's like a, a treat. Yeah. But but you're watching it and you're thinking, oh, that person's totally healthy and fine. They're drinking soda. I can have it too. But if you look at the majority of soda drinkers, they're mostly obese. Yeah. And that's especially the, if they're consistent. And that's the sad part. You know, you, you even look at some of these uh, fast food companies. Particularly, let me uh, just – Put in one example, Carl's Jr. You remember those commercials where they ha- had these gir- he is slim girls in bikinis making people. And th- this is the thing: these companies are trying to make you feel good about what's bad. Um, and th- that's the other thing about uh, you know alcohol. I I don't I personally don't drink it uh, because I don't need it and I won't ever need it. Uh, but when you see like these people who might be going on the beach with their coronas or are at a bar with these bud lights or whatever and yeah primarily these people are skinny but i think in that way all of these companies have one same responsibility is to not only gain more profit but to send this message out to the people that this is okay you can drink uh and you you see then these um commercials who uh, that uh, very few of them that come out about drinking and driving like uh it's kind of like contradictory in itself that there's more commercials about sodas beers and fast food than there is advertisements that talk about the dangers of being you know knocked out or drunk on the road so one thing I'm, I'm happy that we still have now, but I worry about the future of this is so we know we have these corporations. We know we have people doing, you know, hiding things for profit in the world. We know that's a part of the world. That's, that's part of what exists in our world. But the beauty is if you're listening to this podcast right now, you, you can hear a different side. Yeah. Right. Freedom of speech is so, so important. Because you, if you're a consumer, and let's say you've been totally deceived by these marketing commercials for soda, you've seen the studies by paid people saying it's totally healthy, you can have it every day, totally fine, right? You can still you know, find a podcast like mine, or find someone else's podcast, or find someone's YouTube channel, or find someone's website, where you can get other another side. You can mm-hmm. hear my take, like, hey, you're being deceived. Yeah. You are being deceived by these soda companies. If you how crucial that is but yet the way our society is moving now is toward the sort of cancel culture where only Mm -hmm. one side of any argument is accepted everything else is canceled and that's just so dangerous because if there is something that's being done wrong then you won't be able to find a pot my podcast will get canceled or someone else's website will get canceled that has an alternative view that has something different a different side to the story so that you can hear both sides and then make your judgment you know that's being removed and yeah. canceled, and that's that's the thing that scares me the most out of any, you know, any because I we know I know this stuff's going on, this corruption stuff's going on, but we can talk about it. Yeah. You can hear about it. You can research it. You can find people that can say, oh, by the way, 
you know, don't believe the marketing for soda. It's, 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 it's trying to trick you and that's fine, but at least you're aware, at least you have the access to information for this side of the argument. I worry about the future of our society and whether or not this type of information will be available anymore. Yeah. As, cause it could come down to a few corporations and not to interrupt you, but I, you know, it's one of those things that there's two things that I think we mostly need in life. If we want to, uh, improve or grow spiritually, mentally, financially, um, all those things, it comes down to two things that I think is very key for how we move on or we keep progressing. One is discernment. Two is resourcefulness. And the reason why we need discernment today is because, yes, there is a lot of people who want to cancel people, want to cancel certain uh, industries. The one that I would agree with, it, it actually has been trending very much, especially in the Christian community, is to cancel porn. Porn is a very, very addictive drug that is actually linked to so much human trafficking, especially for women and for young children. Uh, and most of these videos in which you see are actually women being raped, and we don't, we don't know anything about it. Because these companies have been, um, you know, laundering in money for r people who are being raped uh, or had actually no consent behind the scenes. Uh, and I think the thing about discernment, what's so special about it is that it's basically a way of seeing things from a broader view. And that you'll be able like, Say, for example, that you wanted to understand what just happened today with this election. Like, what does this really mean? And then it's kind of asking, for me, it's asking God, okay, what does this mean today that Biden has been inaugurated? Like, does this mean that uh, Christians are going to be persecuted in the next few years? Or does it mean that uh, cancel culture will be progressed further? Or does it mean that... Uh, our freedoms will be taken away and what and then through all those main points kind of um, uh, using this umbrella uh, diagram is that uh, how like what other events are gonna occur and I think once we have that discernment it's gonna want us to become resourceful which is my second point resourcefulness has been so important for me to progress and I don't think that if I had the um, the courage to at least want to better myself by seeking someone else who had done it and me wanting to do that for myself, that would have never been done because if I if I did not, it, it, that would have never been done if I did not have resourcefulness. And you can apply that to any part of life. There's, you know, this real estate photography business that I, I've started, which I mentioned earlier in Hawk and Rock, which I'm doing here in Sacramento at the time, at, at this time is it was just about resourcefulness. You know, someone told me that I had a very, very awesome gift in photography that I've been doing for so many years and they wanted me to get serious about making this into a business. That I, I just didn't know how, but what did I do? I became resourceful because I wanted to have something that someone else had succeeded in and put that into my life. But in all of these aspects, I wanted to honor God with everything that I was doing.
Mm-hmm. Well said, well said. Now, I guess my last question for you as we wrap up here, I want to ask, what are your current fitness, nutrition goals heading in? We're in 2021. What's your outlook for this year? What is your goal, both from a nutrition standpoint and a fitness standpoint? Um, well, from a nutritional standpoint, uh, right now I'm on a lean bulk. That basically means that I'm uh, bulking up more muscle while not uh, not gaining any more fat. So right now my, uh, my goal with that is just to keep that consistent for the next few months as I just start to kind of grow other muscles in my body that I want to focus on, such as my chest and my biceps and my back. And uh, I guess that kind of transitions into what my fitness goals are. Before you go into your fitness goal, I do I do want to say I, I feel like it's my obligation to push back in a little way. I don't really think that it's completely realistic to think that you can grow muscle and at a certain rate and also stay the exact same body fat. Mm. From what I've seen, if you're even on a lean bulk, you're still going to gain a little bit of body fat. Not as much as if you're doing a full bulk, right. but you're still going to gain a little bit of body fat. Just yeah. You're obviously hoping to minimize that as much as possible during that lean mm-hmm. bulk phase, but obviously you're always going to sacrifice the speed at which you want to grow muscle with how much fat you gain on top of that because you can gain muscle very, very quickly if you're eating a lot but you'll also gain a lot of fat in the process. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to do a lean bulk, which is great. You're trying to maintain your body fat level. But I do think our listeners should be aware that the odds of you being able to stay at the exact same body fat while also growing muscle really fast on a lean bulk, probably not realistic. You're probably still going to gain a little bit of right. body fat, which is why you hear a lot of people talk about how you know during certain times of the year they'll cut, and that's why they look super ripped. But during other times of the year, they look totally different because they're bulking and they're gaining a little bit of that body fat yeah. back. But you're obviously you're trying to you know find that nice balance where you're still gaining muscle at a pace that you want and minimizing that add-on that fat. And then you're going to do Correct. a cut at some point. So yeah. I had to bring that up uh, just to push back a little bit on you. But I understand exactly what you're saying though, and, and I think your goal is still great. Now, fitness goals for you. What What are your fitness goals? Uh, well, in the next few months, I, I definitely want to gain at least um, 10 pounds of muscle, which I think, uh, well, maybe not 10 pounds, more like somewhere around, well, somewhere under 10 pounds. Because uh, the one thing that I really want to improve on is my incline bench. Uh, and right now, I would probably say I can do, because uh, I, I did, uh, let me see, eight reps at 225 on the incline and granted uh incline bench is a lot harder uh than the flat bench because you're at an incline obviously but right. uh recruiting more of the shoulder as opposed to you're not really hitting that lower and, chest as much and you're focusing on the upper chest obviously and you know i actually that was the other thing that i want to attain is to be able to hit at least a few reps of 315 on the flat bench um because uh, I've done a little bit of research that uh, about 70 to 75 percent of uh, the flat bench press uh, is what you can do on the incline bench. I think I'm saying that right. Um, so whatever you're able to do on the incline bench, say if you're going to hit 250, another add another 25 percent to that weight, you can do it on the flat bench. Um, so until I can hit a f- uh, 315 for a few reps, I'll probably uh, start cutting uh, to get ready for the summer and uh, go out. and Did that I- beach bod? 
get that beach bod, man, I, I think one of the things for me, again, is to create that functional physique where I can have fun with anything and not think about that I have this other weight that's holding me down because that's actually been my progress throughout my fitness journey is that I have felt in some way um, underconfidence because I've had extra weight that was holding me down. But I've noticed over the couple years that I've been on this fitness journey is uh, that I just become more confident and just more playful in doing uh, volleyball or spike ball or just about any other thing that I would want to get involved with actively. Mm, I agree. I agree with you there. I think that you know there you could get super massive, but what's the point? Yeah. Right. Maybe I guess maybe you, you get a few more Instagram followers or something. Mm-hmm. And there's some people like that. Tony Huge that you know he uses PEDs and stuff. Yeah. And very unhealthy practices in a lot of ways, but he's just massive. But again, for me and you, is like we want to be functional, right? We're athletes. We want to be able to play sports. We want to be able to run around, play spike ball, dive on the ground. I want to be able to play soccer, basketball. I want to even so, dunk the basketball. That's that, that's another thing that I'm kind of aspiring to do if I could. Okay, okay. I'll have to, you have to build up some some explosive leg strength. Yeah. But yeah, we're looking to be more functional, and I think that's, you know, because we're, we're, we're athletes. We don't want to just go to the gym every day and that's it. We want to run around and be explosive and sprint and jump and do all that crazy stuff. So it, it behoots us to, <laughs> to you know, be a little more functional, not get as bulky. Right? Yeah. And that's kind of my, my current goals are – I'm kind of more wanting to build muscle very slowly, but maintain my leanness. So I'm not, I'm looking more at just maintaining, yeah, maintaining my leanness and slowly kind of building muscle over time. Maybe adding, I'm, I'm focusing on every time I hit plateaus and strength gains, adding another hundred, 200 calories to my mm-hmm. meal plan until I get my strength gains up. And then I'll, I'll either stay there or I'll drop back down mm-hmm. a little lower. So I'm kind of, I'm taking a, like the very slow well, approach. Yeah. Because I don't want to get too bulky because obviously I want to play sports. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to gain a, any more body fat. My goal would be to get down to about 10% mm-hmm. would be uh, yeah. really cool. I think, yeah, that would really be awesome, Tim. I, I, I think one of the things for me, I, I think one once I at least reach the point where I can bench 315 for a few reps and maybe even on the dumbbell shoulder press hit 100 pounds uh, dumbbells, uh but I think for me, it's like once I get to that point, I and I've and I've cut. I just want to be at that kind of maintenance level, as you say, that you are gonna to want to stay in. And I think, you know, again, it all comes down to the kind of goals that we have for ourselves and how far we want to go with them. Uh, because obviously, we want to become as strong as anybody, but. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do all the time when I go, uh, before I go in my heavy lifts is to pray, uh, before I lift. And I think that attests to a lot of what has progressed over time in my fitness journeys that I can do this on my own without God. Uh, and if I can't, if I won't give God glory, then, you know, how would be that gains? How I be thy gains, but you know, I, I think once you really understand the power of prayer, and you know, I was learning this in um, uh, the book of uh, I think it was the book of Numbers or Leviticus. It's either one of those books, but it was talking about when Joshua, uh, Moses's brother, he was uh, praying um, on behalf of 
the Israelites in, in between the living and the dead. And one of the things that I've noticed as I was going through this commentary was that um, prayer is actually a way of to move God's hand. And once you kind of think about that, you understand that prayer is not just speaking things into existence. And there's all these false narratives or these false gospels about uh, New Age spirituality and everything that is not, uh, you know, based on uh, honoring and praising God for who he is and what he's done for us. I would all, I would not always, but would have to consider that cultic or uh, a foe. And for me, I, I've just always excelled by just, you know, praying. And it says in the Bible that we ought to pray without ceasing because prayer can get us very far, um, whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. That's a good good advice there. Get a, shout out to the Lord before you're doing that big lift. You know, lean on his strength a little bit. Very cool, very cool. Well, I think that's all I have for you today. I'm sure I'll have you back on for future podcasts. We can talk more. I'm thinking we'll talk more specific things. Maybe we'll have a supplementation debate. I mean, you would have a lot of good stuff to share. So our supplements we've tried and what we believe works and doesn't work. We could also go into more, you know, more. I'd love to go into more nutrition too, like breaking down what we're actually eating on a day-to-day basis. But we're going to save that content for the future. So thank you if you've listened to us thus far. Gym Junkies is my new series. If you want to be on this podcast, if you feel like you are a fitness enthusiast or someone who just fitness, you know, maybe you're an average Joe who still does, you know, is consistent with your fitness, you want to be on, you got some stuff to share because I know you got a story, uh, please contact me. Let me know. I'd love to have you on, pick your brain about because everyone's fitness journey is different. Everyone has different interests as far as what types of fitness interest them. I know for me, I've always been bored out of my gourd trying to just run, but some people love that. Some people can just do that all day long, 18 miles, 20 miles, and it's like they love it. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. I'm not wired that way. I'm more <laughs> wired to uh, love to lift weights and love to play sports. But that's what that's what makes this interesting, though, is everyone has such a unique journey and perspective and gifts and talents and traits that lead them to a certain area of fitness. Because mm. at the end of the day, we all got to just find something that we like doing enough that mm. will stay consistent with it. It doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Yeah. As long as you're doing something that you can stay consistent with, mm-hmm. both from nutrition and from fitness, just find find something. There's yeah. something out there that you were gifted for. You were yeah. gifted for a certain activity that's fitness related, and you just gotta find it if you if you haven't already. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, I, I promise you, it's there. Yeah, keep looking and keep yeah. trying. You know, try kayaking, try obscure random sports like spikeball, for example. This totally random sport that you would have no idea that maybe you absolutely love this sport and you play it all the time and you get a lot of fitness out of it. People have created so many crazy sports; it's unreal. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next pod.